and welcome to Now You See TV. I'm your host, Jake Grant, and today we are joined by P.D. Vander Westhusen. How you doing, P.D.? I'm doing awesome. How you doing, Jake? <laughs> well, I'm doing pretty good. Um, today I said goodbye to my family. They're going to the mission field, so it's, it's always a heavy-hearted thing to say goodbye to somebody you're not going to see for a long time. But um, as a missionary kid, I understand um, the process, so I'm, I'm a little bit more used to it than some people. Um, but it's it's uh, it's always a it's a heavy thing. But doing good. Other than that, saying goodbye to family is it's hard. But um, I'm happy to welcome you to Now You See TV. We have an awesome episode tonight. Uh, this evening, early evening. We it's usually uh, 8 p.m. that we do shows, but um, we're having a, a double whammy uh, today, um, and uh, we're going to be covering the topic of the mystery of humility and how it plays a role in believers. And PD is going to be talking to us a little bit about a recent conference that happened in South Africa. For those of you who don't know, PD is from South Africa. He's been on Now CTV several times, um, and we always love having him on. And so I'd like to just start there, PD. You had this awesome conference with Zach Bauer um, uh, there in South Africa. So tell us about this conference before we kind of get into more of the discussion of today's episode. Awesome. Yeah, Jake. So, you know, we had a conference. Uh, we, we, we brought Zach over. We've, we, it was, I was also there, obviously speaking. And then we also had a, a local lady there, Antoinette Yonker, who spoke. And um, it was really an awesome uh, thing. I don't know if, what you guys know about, like, the Torah movement in South Africa or the uh, full Bible movement of South Africa. Um, but it's very much still, it's, it's, very, it's very much growing, but it's very segregated. It, I think even more than there in the U.S., so it's very, you know, everyone is a part and there's like, like a million groups all over the place and and all that. And, and it was really an amazing thing because we saw so many people just come together at this one event. Um, and there's not a lot of those things really going around. And, you know, with that, we, yeah, we just had an opportunity to share some amazing things. It was called the Identity Conference. And so obviously with that, like we we sharing a lot about ident- around our identity as people um, in the father. And- and and all the thing, a lot of things that come with that identity, of course. Like Zach shared from his side, um, a lot of things, and then me as well. And yeah, and so it was just great. We saw like like amazing thing, like miracles and amazing stuff that just happened, which I love to share with you guys a little bit about maybe in a moment. Um, but yeah, no, um, it, it was incredible. It's, it's just a an incredible thing to see. Yeah. Awesome. So what what led you to call it the identity conference? Um and 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 really what were the things that you guys talked about at that conference? Right. It's kind of funny because I'm actually not the organizer of the conference. Uh, there, there's a, a a guy and his wife, his name is Tian von Weyck, and he lives in um there in Stellenbosch in Cape Town where it was held. I'm actually on the other side of the country. And uh, he just he just uh one day, the father basically just told him to bring Zach over and me as well, bring us three, me and Antoinette as well, together um, to, for this thing. So they organized it and they were like, hey, we want we to, we just want to do this. We don't know how, but we're just going to put it together. And none of us knew how. We're just going to go and trust the father, you know, kind of thing. And uh, they actually told me, I remember they were like, you know, we're not, we don't know, have a name yet, right? And this was like a few, way few, like six months back or whatever now. And um, and I was just like, okay, well, you know, we'll, we'll see what the name, what happens with the name or whatever. And I just start preparing, obviously the message and so on. And Zach started preparing on his side. 
And um, it was quite awesome because uh, my I had a few slides already put together and whatever, and I was kind of splitting it up into two sections of um, our identity and spirit and our identity and truth. And so with those two sections of my presentation, like the two days, they like, they came along a little bit later and they're like, hey, Petey, we, we're thinking calling this the identity conference. And I'm like, whew, okay, <laughs> that's awesome. That's exactly what I've been preparing. And and Zach as well, he spoke a lot about uh, the greater exodus. He spoke a lot about our identity as um, in terms of the agricultural roots of the Hebrew people and uh, a, f- a few awesome things like that. So, yeah, that's kind of just how it happened. And, and it was, it turned out amazing, awesome. Like God was in it all that he blessed it and he put it, he really was the one who put this thing together. Um, so, yeah, and not sure that's kind of where the name comes from. That's very exciting. You know, this whole thing that's happening around the world of people realizing a biblical heritage that they haven't found in just mainstream denominal Christian Christianity. And, and they're, they're realizing exactly what you, you just mentioned there, a balance between, you know, truth that's in scripture and, and spirit. And, and that's really cool that people over in South Africa, as well as here in the United States and in other countries, they're starting to realize that the scripture still applies for us today. All of God's word is true. And, and it really reveals a heritage. It reveals an identity that we, I, I know I didn't grow up in the mainstream Christian church with. And, and now that I've had this revealed to me and then people are having this revealed to them by the father, it's so exciting. It's so exciting to realize that we have this, this heritage as, as, as not only um, people who study the Bible, but we realize that we are the people of the Bible because God word that was for the people in scripture is equally applicable to people today. Um, and so um, I would like to hear a little bit about the things that happened at the conference as people gather together, believers who are all holding on to this, realizing that all of the Bible's for us. What, what happened? Because exciting things happen whenever people like that get together over here on the States. So I want to know <laughs> what it's like on, on that side of the world. Right. So I think, you know, we had a really good mix of people, like people from very much uh, – kind of really new right out the, out of the, the normal denominations or mainstream churches or whatever. And we also had people who were in kind of the Torah or the full Bible movement thing for a while now. So it was quite an interesting group. Um, and, you know, like, like you kind of mentioned, it was like what I really shared on a lot is, you know, our identity and truth and kind of, you know, who we are. We are the covenant people of, of God. That covenant has been made out to us. All the promises of Abraham is for us today and all those things. That was kind of what I spoke on the first day. On the second day, I spoke um, a lot about our identity and spirit. In other words, our identity as sons of the living God and that authority that came comes with that and, and the power and, and all that and the, the spirit, you know. And um, just a few practical things I touched on the second day. But my, my big prayer was just for the spirit to just like really, really wreck that place and just move, you know. And uh, we, we really see, saw some awesome things. I mean, the, the first day, I'm just going to like re- step right into like some of the awesome miracles that happened. But um, the first day we, uh, I remember I was, I was just, I was talking, I was about three quarters into my, through my PowerPoint. And the thought just put in my heart, I was just standing in front there and I was like, hey, you know, I just, I just feel like there's someone here who's got like back issues and whatever. And there's these two ladies um, in the way back of the um, auditorium, who, who put up their hands. And I'm like, okay, awesome. And right there, I just prayed for them, prayed for the one. 
and her back just come on her, her bones and her back to be restored 100%. And I, and I just asked them to, hey, you know, just indicate what's going on. And, and the one was like, Dude, all the pain is gone. And that was like amazing. But the other girl, she, or woman, she was like, nah, it's, it's a little bit better, but there's nothing really shifting, right? And so I just told her, hey, you know, just meet me afterwards. And so right after my PowerPoint, I, I, she came forward and whatever. And I took her kind of to the side and just started chatting to her, you know, just starting asking her about, you know, when, when I started talking to her, the spirit just dropped in my heart um, a big thing about, um, he, he just dropped a marriage, right? And I'm like, hey, you know, tell me about your marriage. And she's like, no, um, you know, it's, it's not good. You know, her husband did a lot of bad things to her, kind of abuse kind of stuff and all that. And I'm like, so have you forgiven him? And she's like, oh, yeah, I've forgiven him. And I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> and I'm like, let's just pray about that anyway. Okay, let's just, let's just go. Because sometimes people forgive intellectually, right? But they don't really forgive through their heart. Anyway, so we just pray. And I just tell her, hey, I want you to go right now. And I want you to forgive your husband in prayer. And, and she started the prayer and she started praying. And she started weeping. <laughs> like really weeping about this thing. And she started like repenting about all this unforgiveness and all this stuff is in her heart and it's just coming out. And she actually said, uh, Father, I forgive him for pointing the gun at me. And I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. And, and by this time, okay, just some, just some background. By this time when she's been praying this, I've been praying for her back for about 15 minutes and we haven't been seeing anything shift, okay? Nothing changing, just praying. And she's like, nah. So what happened with her is she had an accident, like a car accident a year or two ago. And so that means she can't, what happened is she can't bend down at all. Okay. She, and even before that, she was born with a back injury. And they, and so later with the car accident, they had to put screws in her back. Okay. So she physically cannot touch her toes, basically. So anyway, uh, prayed for her and all that. And, and after she forgave, Okay, I prayed once more. I'm like, Father, I just thank you. And, and as soon as my, my hand touched her back, just this like bar of electricity came through my hand, if that's the best way to describe it. And, um, and I'm like, hey, taste it out. And she, she bent down for the first time in like years and she touched her toes and she started crying. She just came up like, you know. And it was so amazing that the Father just wanted to, I think it's just a cool testimony of how the Father, he didn't want to just heal her there in the crowd because then she would have gone home with the unforgiveness in her heart still. It wouldn't have been dealt with. So the Father held back on it and he wanted to deal with that heart issue first. So yeah, that was really, really amazing. Um, Apart from that, I mean, there was there's a lot of other cool stuff that happened. There was a girl who came after the first day, and she she was in a motorbike accident the day before the conference. Okay, so we had on the, on the Saturday, the Friday, she was in a motorbike accident. She basically um, about I don't know how many about a hundred and hundred kilometers an hour. That's I'm not sure how many miles that is. Like probably sixty seventy miles an hour. Um, she drove with her bike into the back of a, a van or, or a truck, I mean. And so anyway, she was thrown through the truck and basically she came to the conference. She's an unbeliever and her friends brought her to the conference and she's in a lot of pain. Her whole one side is like, um, an immense pain and she's got a lot of bruises and all that. She's tore a few ligaments and things as well. And, um, <laughs> man, it was so amazing what God did. 
you know, just just uh, took her, you know, kind of just prayed for her. And, um, her whole friends are standing, all her friends are standing, like four or five people, and they're kind of just watching. And she's just like, I'm just like, hey, what, what's wrong? What can I pray for? What's the, and she's like, everything. And I'm like, what's the worst? She's like, everything. <laughs> her whole body is just aching. And I'm like, okay, awesome. And um, man, what the father did was just amazing. Uh, I just, uh, I just, I just touched her, like just touched her shoulder. And before, and I just started praying. And, and she, this is her words. Um, in three, she said, after four seconds of of that prayer, every bit of pain left her body, one hundred percent. And so I prayed, probably like a seven second prayer or whatever. And I'm like, Amen. You know, test out your body, search for the pain. You know, move around. And the first, the, the thing that she does is she's like, she goes like this and she starts crying. And uh, and her whole, all her friends there, they just freak out and they start crying too. And uh, she's just like, I feel no pain. I don't understand, you know, like how, how is this happening? What's going on? You know, just told her Yeshua loves her and, and all that. And so she was an unbeliever, okay. Two days, a day later, we baptized her in the pool along at the end of the conference with a few other people. I was like really amazing, like what God did there. Um, so yeah, man, <laughs> he did a lot of cool stuff like that. Wow, that's that's so awesome to hear. Just the testimonies coming out when people get together. Um, for those of you who have not seen PD um, in our past interviews, it's a great passion for PD to uh, walk in Torah, walk in truth, but also um, understand that there's an importance of walking in the Spirit of God. Um, that believers um, sometimes in the Torah observant full Bible movement they they lose grasps of 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 that walking by the Spirit going and 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 being able to do miracles and and praying for people and seeing them healed um, and so it's always awesome to hear testimonies from PD um, uh, and over there in South Africa where they're they're walking in both which is so important for believers today and and in fact PD is coming out with a book soon um, that really talks about this concept of walking in both spirit and in truth. Um, and, uh, and of course we'll have you kind of expound a little bit more on your book, um, at the end of the, the show here. But, um, that, first of all, do, do you know what you're going to call the book? Yeah. 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 Um, so the book's going to be called reigniting spirit and truth. And so, you know, it's just, uh, basically kind of like you said, and it's, it's kind of, the book is kind of split in half. In a way, um, there's a there's kind of a chapter called reigniting truth and a chapter called reigniting spirit and and really what I really hope for the book to do is is not only pull through a lot of prophetic things about what I believe spirit and truth is and that's a it's, this is a fulfillment of a great end times prophecy but not only that but just also kind of be I'm I really hope the book's going to be equipping people on both sides of the thing both the Torah and the truth side of things as well as the spirit, how to walk in the spirit, how to, you know, a very practical approach to the whole thing. And um, so far, I you know I've had a few, quite a few people reading it, and it's been really good feedback. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited about that. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> awesome. Now it's, it's a totally uh, end times prophetic thing that people are starting to wake up to both God's word applying to their lives and their walk as believers and, for him to pour his spirit out and to see the greater than these type miracles. Um, and, uh, and I think our generation is being groomed for some really cool stuff um, that's com- going to be coming up in, in the next 
you know, few years as, as God ramps things up in, in the last days, there's a lot of crazy stuff that will go on, but there's also going to be a lot of miraculous, beautiful, wonder, wondrous things, um, all for his glory. And, uh, and today we are going to be covering the topic of humility in the walk of believers um, and discussing this because whenever you see somebody going and doing the miraculous, um, the first thing you want to be asking is, who are they giving honor to for what they're doing? Who are they giving glory and 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 pointing? You know, the, are they pointing this way, or are they pointing this way? And uh, mm-hmm. and I wanted to PD to kind of break down. Um, you know, why is it important to walk in humility? Um, whenever you and then maybe give some testimony of uh, whenever you found yourself maybe um, building up your own self image. Right. Bring that under control as a believer. Um, mm. So, so let's just start, you know, with this word, you know, humility, and 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 what do you see um, the importance of walking humbly um, as a believer? Mm. Yeah, well, I think you know we need to really just first define like what humility is. You know, it's it's kind of it's the opposite of being prideful, and really, it's humility is one of the biggest things because we know that the We've heard, you know, the root of sin is pride. Like as a time was cast out of uh, out of uh, the heavens because of his pride, and and so the opposite end of that is is the very thing of humility. And so it's kind of like the Father, he opposes the proud, but he gives grace and he draws near to the humble. It's kind of this two polar opposites thing, you know. And so that's why I mean, not not just in in, in evangelism or praying for people or or whatever, in, in all aspects of our life, we need to be incredibly humble. We need to seek that humility um, continuously because it's a, such a continuous process. And I think one of the big things as well is, is to be able to, you know, to walk in humility, you need to be able to identify pride as well. Um, you know, and because, I mean, for me personally, just on a personal level, um, I mean, the the... the if if you don't if I haven't if I was if I've never, not been able to catch the pride of my life, you know I'm in I'm in huge trouble already because then I can't then there's nothing calling me to my knees. There's nothing that's gonna provoke this fear of God on me. It's gonna get me on my face, you know. And and I think like when we talk about humility, that's really the place that we find it. Um, it's 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 a place of. <laughs> I always, I always say getting on your face. And when I say that, I'm being totally literal in, in the physical act of getting on our face before God, you know. Um, you know, well, we see a lot of times in, uh, you know, Moses taking off his feet. You know, we see all these little things that God called them to do when approaching him. And, you know, a lot of times I think people like prayer is, like I said, that's a big thing. And a lot of people approach prayer in a weird way where, I mean, for me personally, it's just how I do it is if if I, I enter my room, just like Yeshua said, maybe I can just, you know, read this Matthew 6, verse 6. He says, but you, when you pray, go into your room and having shut the door, pray to your father who is in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret shall reward you openly. And so, you know, that secret place moment is a place, like he said, where we enter our room alone. Close the door. No one sees, no one knows except the Father, okay? But now when you approach the Father, for me, I need to come to this realization like right now I'm going to be coming before the creator of the universe. 
Like I'm going to open my mouth and he's going to hear what I have to say. Like that, just like that, coming in that realization to the father already changes everything. It's now not that thing where I'm in my bed half asleep and I thank you for, you know, it's no, it's like, you know, this, whoa, this, and this really comes from that fear of God that, that we really need to have. And it's, it's not just, it's not just this reverence. It's not just this um, respect. It's more than that. It is a fear of God. It is a true fear of him where we know who we are and who he is and understand that we are simply his creation, but yet he's so gracious and merciful that we can open our mouth and speak and he delights in, in, in our prayer and, and he hears what we have to say. Um, so, you know, that's kind of, I guess, the baseline of humility and, and, and how to acquire it. And that should be the, the a continuous thing. I'm talking about, about a daily thing where you daily need to go to the Father and say, Yahweh, Yeshua, you need, you need to make me more like Yeshua. You need to make me more like Jesus. You need to do it, and you need to beg the Father. You need to come and tell him, I, I need to look more like him, you know. Um, and, and, and that's, a, like I say, that's a continuous thing, a daily thing that we really need to bring before him. Yeah. You know, recently I've heard um, the term lying prostrate before God when you're praying. And, uh, and, you know, we all have that kind of mental image of kneeling down by the bed um, or, or whatever. But um, somebody demonstrated to me why physically laying flat um, absolutely sets a mindset whenever you're praying um, because you're physically getting to the lowest point your body can get to. You're on the floor pancake style. And, and really, um, you know, that's how we should be approaching our creator um, is pancake style <laughs> because he is so, you know, just our unworthiness. Um, and whenever we lose sight of really what we are um, and we start to pump ourselves up in our heads, it can lead to a lot of issues. Um, and I'd like you to maybe touch on that. Um, as we continue this conversation is what are some of the issues that we see when people are not approaching God with humility? Um, and, and of course, right now we're talking about our relationship, our prayer life, um, how we view God. Um, and so what are some of the issues that arise when somebody starts building themselves up in their own head and they're not approaching God with a humble spirit? Yeah. Yeah, before I touch on that, like you just mentioned something that really, really stood out to me, you know, about the lion pressure. I just got reminded in Revelation of the elders, you know, who, who's like falling there. And, you know, and that's, that tells me that this is not just a, a physical thing for us, but it's very spiritual as well. And, I mean, just imagine that. I, I believe that the angels and the spiritual realm is observing how we pray. They're observing and seeing it. And so just imagine, I mean, the guy kind of half asleep in his bed saying a quick prayer before he falls asleep versus the guy pressure on his face. Which prayer is the spiritual realm going to honor more? You know, who is, and not only spiritual realm, of course, God, who is God going to honor more? And yeah. So anyway, that's that's such a good point that you made there. So the thing that, you know, I think the number one or one of the number one issues that we see when pride creeps in is self-righteousness. It's, it's that thing of, we very quickly become 
I'm all good and holy and, and, you know, I'm keeping the commandments and leave me alone, you know. And then we very easily become, uh, we, we very easily start making those Facebook statuses against anyone who does anything differently than what we do it or whatever the case is. And we fail in that in our pride, we're blinded to the log that's in our eyes, like what Yeshua said, you know. And that's what the Pharisees were all about. You know, they came to Yeshua with all these little things that, you know, false accusations while they had these huge issues um, of, 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 of filthy hearts, you know. And, you know, so I think really for just a good example that I can think of quickly, which we see a lot in the Torah or the, the full Bible movement or, or those who, keep, who are striving to keep the commandments, if pride creeps in, in those circles, a lot of times what happens is people start pointing the finger at, at the average Christian and saying, oh, you don't keep this or that commandment. But then a lot of times when we go look at the lives of those people pointing the fingers, we say, see that they're not striving to walk in the things of the spirit, for example. They're not striving to cast out demons or pray for the sick or feed the poor, the orphan, the widow, all these things. And so now they're actually on a lower level than the guy who doesn't keep the Sabbath because Yeshua preached more on that, I want to say even, than on the Sabbath at the time because he saw the hard, the love issue he targeted more at the time. And so, you know, we've got, I'm not trying to make us like what's more important than what. I'm just saying like Yeshua, like he, he always pointed out, he was like, look at yourself first, make sure you're right. And the only way for us to see that is by falling on our face before God and saying, Yahweh, you need to seek my heart. You need to show me what's dirty. You need to cleanse me. You need to make me more like Yeshua. You need to humble me. There's so much pride that I have. Lord, humble me, you know, and, and admitting your pride and, and confessing it even before others to be prayed for and all these things. So, yeah, that's some, I think self-righteousness, that's like the biggest thing that I can at least see uh, creeping a lot of times. I think whenever we look at the examples of the prophets, um, Moses was said to be like one of the most humble men that lived. Um, And I always wondered about that. Like what about him, what in his way he operated in life um, equals the most humble or what caused him to be that? Um, and, uh, And then, of course, across the board with any of the major prophets, we see they were absolutely humble. Um, oftentimes, you know, you know, praying, you know, praying for those around them just as much as them praying for themselves, um, for God to deliver them. But like, you know, wanting all these other people to be, to be given a chance for repentance and such, um, to the point almost that when these humble prophets, um, wanted to pray, uh, for people that were stubborn, rebellious, and wicked, God's like, hold up there. I don't want you to pray for them because I'm listening yeah. to you, you, you humble spirit. Um, and so, uh, you know, I think it, it's very interesting. You know, if you use a biblical example of humility, it's always the most humble people that end up being um, servants in the end. Um, and so uh, I want to ask this um, because a lot of the testimonies that you shared with us, um, with just the miraculous things that that have happened whenever you pray for people um, and miracles happen. And for anybody out there who who prays for somebody and they get healed or or whatever happens, um, how do you 
carefully not take any credit for anything like that? And and why is it important to be giving glory to God whenever a, a miraculous thing happens? Yeah. Well, you know, I think before you even get there, you need to make sure that you're so, before you're even walking in those things, like even seeking to, you know, pray for the sick or anything like that, you need to be in that place of like, like we've been talking about first. And if you're not in that place and you're doing this for the wrong reason, you need to get out of that and get in that secret place first. Um, but now the people who are there and who are praying and how we are to do that, you know, I think it's very much, um, it very, it, it starts becoming a very natural thing. I think if you are in that secret place with God every day, it becomes a thing where you, I, I've come to this place and this is all glory to God. Like where, where, I'm afraid of taking anything like if people, because it happens so easily, people, people love to have a man and give a man credit. I don't know why. Well, it's just part of how people are, but you know, um, man, you're, you're, you need to point your finger right up to, to, to the father immediately once something happens. And, and I mean, I always, I make it a practice to always just be like every single time, the first thing that comes out of my mouth, I really try and be like, glory to God, praise God, that's God. You know, that's the first thing that you need to say before anything else um, to this person. So before they can even give you um, the credit. And if they try, you need to be like, and yeah, sure, they can thank you for who you are in Christ, but you need to be like, okay, good. But now, you know, give God the glory, give him. And I actually tell people, now that you've been healed, give God glory, praise him for that thing, you know. Um, and, you know, yeah, I've, I've had it before where, um, where I had to rebuke people even <laughs> for, for, for uh, just, just putting the glory on the, in the wrong place, you know, not, not seeing that it's from God. Um, you see, especially this with unbelievers or, or pagans or people who aren't uh, believers, they would easily attribute this power or whatever to you because that's how they, their mind works, you know, kind of thing. And so for them especially, and I can even think of a few examples in scripture where they, you know, they wanted to bow down before the disciples. But, you know, for them especially, we need to rip our clothes like the disciples did and be like, you know, no, we refuse to take this glory. This is not ours. Give this to God. Take this and go to the Father with this thing and ask him what, where, what, what is this about? You know, inquire of him. Um, so, yeah, I mean... People really need to be afraid when they approach this thing, man. People are not afraid enough. I'm, I'm like, people are do not have enough fear when they, when, when a lot of times, when, like in our charismatic circles or whatever, when they, when they uh, pray for the sick or walk in any kind of move of the spirit, you know, God is going to do it because He wants to do it, you know. And um, sometimes He'll even do it through vessels that are prideful, you know. And so, even though it's not the same. thing, same level and same measure he'll sometimes do that um but now the thing is is, is um you know that those people need to be so afraid because god is gonna deal with them at some point or another either in this life or in the next and um yeah man we just need to be so sure about this thing um and get our get our get our fear and we've got for god in, in, in line you know? now when it comes to people sharing their faith um, especially people who've, who've started to realize that there's more to the Bible than meets the eye. There's more to the Bible than just what's heard on a Sunday morning from a pastor. Um, and they, and they want to share this truth, this knowledge. Um, could you maybe make a comparison between somebody who's sharing that with humility and love 
uh, and somebody who might just be gung ho doing it because they have a spirit of rightism. Mm. Yeah, that's like that's like the best question ever because it's like night and day, you know. I mean, I was there. Like I've been in both sides. In my early walk, I first discovered like truth, Torah, and all that, and keeping started getting back to the commandments. And then I was like on fire for that thing, and I just wanted to tell everyone. I think a lot of people go like that, you know, just you need to see this. Why aren't you seeing this kind of thing, you know? And a lot of times we approach that thing, we we start becoming prideful very quickly and easily because knowledge puffs up if it's not being walked out. You know, if knowledge is just something that congests within us, it's not walked out and it doesn't produce fruit, then it starts becoming leaven and and like uh, prideful and all that. And so, you know, that was where I was at at some point and and I I heard a lot of people in 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 that time of my life where I was like, you know, just hammering them with truth. It was the truth, but I was hammering them and I was coming from a place and a heart of pride, right? It wasn't, that was the difference. And people can smell pride like them all the way, no matter who they are. You know? Everyone's got that supernatural discernment for pride. You know, you can't, you just can't hide it if you've got it. So, um, you know, and, and, you know, so that was the big thing. And, and that's actually one of the big things that drove me to, seeking the spirit, like uh, an upbringing of spirit in my life, you know, it was like, Father, I want to share this thing, but no one wants it. And I know I'm doing something wrong because when I look at how Yeshua did it, he didn't hammer it into people in that way. You know, he loved people into the truth. Right. So, um, and you know, then the father did pour out his spirit upon me, glory to God. And, and, and so when that happened and I started walking out that part of it, the the love and grace and mercy and all these things that come because humility comes from the spirit and comes from all that as well. Uh, um, but anyway, and then, you know, when I just applied that in my life, everything changed. In fact, a lot of my friends who I hurt way back, they saw the fruit coming and they came to me and they're like, why are, how is it like, how are you doing this? Like, how was this working? Like how, you know, tell me about this thing. How is this happening? Because now, because I've got the truth, the Father is confirming the truth with a greater measure of power because he wants to, you know? And so, um, you know, that, that was like a game changer. Now, you know, there's, there, it's, 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 it's so amazing. Like in, our, in my workplace, you know, I've had people come into Torah, you know, I've got people um, just all, all over, you know, and it's not because of me. It's, it's just because I'm, I'm seeking the outpouring of the Spirit and I'm really inviting the Spirit to walk and, and operate through me, and I'm, I'm begging for that power of God to manifest, and that fruit, that love, that grace, that mercy. Um, because if you've got that, I mean, man, people are going to be attracted to it. If you're going to love people into it, they're going to be attracted. I mean, just a quick example. Um, I mean, a few months back, there there was a, there's a, there's a girl in my workplace, and she's an atheist. She was sitting right next to me, an unbeliever, and and um, you know, I've I've never obviously, I mean, I couldn't have gone and been like. You're not keeping the commandments kind of thing, you know, but no, I was just, I was being a friend to her, you know, and I was, I was really doing, I was trying my best to do things for her love on her acts of kindness. And, um, and, but, and then at some point she was, she was going to leave. Like uh, she got a, a new job or whatever. And I'm like, Oh father, you need to help me, Lord. I need, I don't have much time left kind of thing. You know, I need to like, how am I going to, you know, and, and one day, one of her last days, she sat there and she's like, well, I've got such a migraine headache, you know, and she's been having it the whole day. You know, and the father's just like, you need to pray for this girl now. And I'm like so nervous because, 
I know her now. I've been sticking with her for, I've been talking about these miracles I see, but I've never shown her and she wants to see it. And, and um, I'm just like, nah, I mean, I have to do this. So I just took her like into a boardroom. And I just prayed for her and, um, and uh, the father healed her headache right there. Like all the pain left her. And she's just like, it's actually gone. Like, and she can't believe it. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, what do you think about that? And she's like, uh, I don't know. You know, she literally didn't know. And I obviously said, well, I, do, I know, and this is why, you know, and I told her why, obviously. And she knows what I was going to tell her, but now she's got a, something to hold on to. She's got Yeshua who's been, who's stabbed her heart, and now she's going to seek the truth. And now all those other things, all the Torah and the truth stuff, yeah, that'll, that's going to come. But I don't need to, like, hammer that. I, I don't need to talk to her about the Sabbath. She's going to see me because I'm consistent in my walk. Because I'm walking this thing out truly, not just when I feel like it, all the time. She's going to see, hey, on Friday night, I'm, I'm, I'm going home early or whatever. I'm not, I'm not uh, working or whatever. And, you know, she's going to be like, hey, why do you do that? And she's going to see the, and, I, and she, and I've got another colleague who taught me this. It's all glory to God. The other day she told me, she's like, you know, PD, when I saw you, I was asking God because she was a Christian. She said, I was asking God, Lord, why does he get his work done before everyone else quicker than anyone else? Why is his work on such a good standard? Why is he getting like promoted and all these things? She was asking. And, and, you know, and then the father said, well, why don't you ask him? And see, now it's the father's fruit working in your life because if, because you're walking consistently in obedience, the fruit becomes attractive. And now I don't even need to go and tell them. They're going to come to me. <laughs> and then I tell them, and then they actually want it, and they do follow through. And that's not in their difference. Well, you, you remind me of the, the story of Daniel, you know, because he was constantly giving glory back to God, um, and he was working for a Babylonian system which is often what we find ourselves in today. Um, we're all part of Babylon in some form or another. Um, and God calls us out of that, of course, but in the system, we can be that example that excels through the ranks and, and does, does the best we can do at whatever job God puts us in. And it causes people's heads to turn. And that's exactly what happened with Daniel. Um, whenever all the, 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 men were like basically conniving together to be like, this guy's too good at what he does. (laughs) And if we don't, you know, bring him down to our level, then, you know, he's going to end up ruling the kingdom. And that's what ended up, you know, Daniel was secondhand man to many, many of the rulers in Babylon. Um, And so it, it, that's just awesome. Um, And, and putting yourself in a position to, to work towards for the glory of God in any situation, any job you're placed in, um, it, it, that's just so cool to see that people would notice that. And like that, that lady you were talking about was like, why is he getting all his work done? Why is he, you know, really putting everything he has into it? And, and that's very cool. Um, now we have a question that comes in from, uh, Alec, I believe. And, uh, he's wondering how should we take action when you have family that uplift and follow a false teacher is there a way we can teach them without making us look self-righteous? Yeah, well, I mean, so, you know, it, again, it comes back to this thing of first, are you, is your life consistent? Are you keeping the Sabbath consistently? Are you loving people consistently? Are you uh, feeding the poor? 
are you, you know, and go down all the instructions that Yeshua and the Torah gives us and, and, and ask the question, am I doing these things? And, you know, if you're not, then don't say a word because that's going to be from a place of hypocrisy. Okay, you need to consistently, so first you need to consistently walk this thing out, okay? Then what's going to happen is at some point, like with the wine, I mean, with Yeshua and the parable of, uh, uh, with the wedding, with the wedding, well, with the, with the wedding event is, you know, what happened is he told his, his servants, go and fill these jars to the brim, right? And so these servants, I want to submit to you, are like teachers, and these jars are like people like us. And we're full to the brim with water, just normal water. Of course, from his belly flows the water. We get it from him, from Yeshua. And when we're full to the brim, we, a miracle happens. We start producing wine. Good fruit comes and it overflows. And people see the miracle. They see the fruit. And then they will be coming. They will become running to you because a false teacher will not produce that fruit. They just won't, right? And so, you know, I would say, you know, you can go and and point the finger and be like, you know, that guy's wrong and you might be right, but they're not going to want to listen most probably. You can voice that opinion, uh, like, you know, if if you're in conversation, but I wouldn't go out to just do that. I would just walk out. I would make sure my life is being changed so radically that my family would be, be like, what is going on with this guy? Why is, what is happening to him? And then they will become curious. And then when they start, when you start developing that, um, that, uh, that kind of more, that, that relation, that side of the relationship with them where, where you just love them regardless of what they believe, you're, you've got an uncompromising, sacrificial love for them. No matter, even if they're falling in false teachers or whatever the case is, but you consider everyone else as more important than yourself, even if you think you've got the truth. You consider everyone else more important than yourself, and then, you, in other words, you go and you wash your feet, man. And I'm and I'm and I'm being literal. You do things like that, and when you do things like that, they're gonna freak out. <laughs> they're really gonna freak out, and then they're gonna be like, um, "Okay, so why are you doing this?" <laughs> and you say, "Because this is my issue. This is the true God that I follow. This is the love that He has given me. This is from Him." And then they're going to become curious and they're going to start asking questions and you'll be able to come in and love and peace and you'll be able to, to present the truth to them. But see, that's, there's a difference between this process and the other. Okay. I hope that answers it. Yeah, I think so. Um, whenever it comes to various false teachings that we might think are you know, blatant, we, we, oh, I need to step in there and intervene. Um, it's so powerful um, what you said about how it is how you walk first and foremost above anything else. Um, and, and whenever people see the consistency in your walk and, and they see the love and the humility as you present truth to them, they're far more inclined to take the hook, you know, and, and, uh, I used to tell people we're, we're supposed to be fisher of fishers of men, not catchers of men. So <laughs> a fish is much more, you know, willing to come along when you, you know, you, you catch them on the hook with the bait versus reaching in there and grabbing mm-hmm. them hold and come with me flopping right. fish. Jay, <laughs> that's sorry. That's such a good point because if you know, you sure he said, you know, be fishers of men. And when you, why did you, I mean, 
I think there's some depth to that because he said, uh, uh, I mean, what is the act of fishing? You, you, you put some bait on the hook. You get just the right kind of bait on there. You put your, in other words, fruit basically in our life. We put on that hook and we cast it in and we wait. We're patient, right? Because if, you, if you're not a patient fisherman, you're never going to catch any fish. And, you know, and you reel it in when they bite. When they, you know, they start pricking or whatever. Don't reel it in yet, but when they bite, you reel it in and you give them everything. And then they're ready for it, you know. Sorry, I interrupted you. <laughs> oh, no problem. I mean, I think it's so cool. Um, and, and I do want to ask you, you know, whenever you're evangelizing with people, um, I've had this own issue sometimes when I'm, I'm in, a, in a moment where I, I know God's Spirit's working and He's put me in this place at this time. And I feel like this pressure of, you know, do I need to tell them the whole shebang? Do I, you know, do I need to crank out the whole gospel and, and you know, four-fifths of prophecy? And, you know, what do you, what do you start with? And, and how do you know um, what in any moment or any given time, whenever you're trying to share with somebody, to love somebody, when do you shut your mouth and when do you keep going? Yeah, well, if you look at Yeshua, I mean, he's got a perfect example of that because, you know, for example, uh, was it yeah, the Samaritan woman, you know, he could have, I'm sure he could have pointed out, you know, when he was the woman at the well, sorry, when he, when he was there, he could have pointed out, I'm sure there was a lot of hidden sins that he knew about that she had, but he focused on something very specific in the moment. He didn't give them the whole, he did, he really gave them the whole shebang, you know, and in my experience as well, um, I'm just thinking of, of this one lady who was in my, who's in my workplace, who, um, it was for me a very much a, a, a thing of first very slowly. Uh, well, I prayed for her. She got healed. She got interested like about the fruit. And she's like, and she's the one who's like asking, saying like, why is he having so much promotions and all that stuff? And, you know, and then one day she was, she came to me and she's like, I'm so tired. Like, I just feel like burned out. And I'm like, so why aren't you keeping the Sabbath? <laughs> just kind of dropping it like that. And, but see, like I could have said that like three months before, but I've been keeping quiet about that thing for three months, for example, because it wasn't the right time yet. But now she's coming to me and she's saying, oh, this issue I have, because, and I know that why she's having it, because she's not keeping the fourth commandment at, the, at that point. And in that moment, you address the issue that they have. And, and you know, it's funny because, for example, when she came over to me and said that, I knew in the moment I was like, this is totally God like doing like God is drawing her and, and tell, letting her tell me this for this purpose. You just know, like people like would ra- say random stuff to you, like, you know, just random stuff. And you'll just be like, Oh, well, sometimes you just be like, "Whoa, this is weird. I think God wants me to say something about this. You know? And you know, in those moments you address those specific things. And I mean, you know, that was like, that was like after like I think three months at least we've been talking. I baptized her. I haven't mentioned the Sabbath to her. I think at that point even. So you know we're sometimes very passionate about something like for, I'm just using the Sabbath a lot because it's something like that. But um, and then we would just want to pour it all out on them. But you know just be very patient. You know and and take it so slowly. And then when they really come to this thing of okay. PD, what's going on? Is this, is this is the whole Bible true? And you're like, yeah, let's go, and I'll show you. Boom, <laughs> you know. And then, yeah, man. So yeah, it's a process, definitely. 
when we look at the example of uh, of Israel and what God had intended for them whenever they left Egypt, he wanted them to be a nation of kings and priests. Um, and they were going to be basically his emissaries to the rest of the world. They were going to be the light to the nations. And of course, they dropped the ball because they had their own prideful, uncircumcised hearts to deal with. Um, but now that we see today people who are starting to walk um, out the commandments, walk out the Torah out of a love for the Messiah um, and not out of legalism and not out of self-righteousness, but with that humble heart that we've been talking about, um, you know, really, are are we going to start seeing this light to the nations um, more evident um, in the lives of people who are, are really walking out exactly what we're talking about today? Um, and, and, and how can that be used evangelically um, in reaching un- lost people or people who who might be looking at us weird believers who are starting to do ancient Jewish customs and you right. know how how will that play a role um, in witnessing to people about the Messiah um, as as time plays out? Yeah, I think you know I think everyone who's who's come to this understanding of of the truth and the commandments and all that. I think that all of them and all of well all of us we've got a huge responsibility to seek this whole thing that we've been talking about with everything and we've got because if you've got that which is a gift if you've got the truth which is a gift okay you need to earnestly seek an outpouring of spirit in your life so that you can share that gift with the world because God has given it to us you know a lot of times people ask why why God have you given it to me why did you reveal this to me and I want to submit to you, we need to stop asking that question and start asking, how can I share this with the world? How can I share this with everyone else? And, I mean, you know, that that is why it is it is essential. I think a lot of, I think my heart breaks for it, but I think a lot of people who are, who've come to this revelation of Torah is going to stand in front of God one day and because they haven't been sharing it and they haven't been, you know, they've only been in their homes kind of, studying Torah and all that, but they never took this to the nations. And I think a lot of people are going to stand before him and, and he's going to be like, why don't you use the gifts that I gave you? I, I Why didn't you invest them, you know? Um, and uh, we, a lot of times we don't even know about the gifts because we're not seeking them. We're not asking the Father. We don't knock, you know, and... You know, I think the, it, just, it just starts there. It just starts with that starting... that Just like when we knocked for truth... We need to start knocking for spirit. God, where's your spirit? We need, I want your spirit. I want your gifts. I want, show me how to share. Show me how to love. I don't know how to love, you know? And, and uh, from that place, you know, start stepping out in, in, a, um, in, a, in, a, in a boldness, you know? So yeah, it's everything, man. And, it, and I'm telling you, like, if for, the, for those of us, for you guys listening, if you apply this, Thing we've been talking about, you will see come people come around you in droves to truth because the spirit will confirm the truth in great power if you're if you seek it with all you've got. Yeah, our our most fantastic show we can put on um, is nothing compared to what God can work through us. And first, we got to get ourselves out of the way. Uh, <laughs> um, and uh, you know that kind of brings up this something you mentioned, um, the responsibility that people are be, being given today. Um, PD, I don't, I, this is a, just a kind of a theory, a postulation that I have. Um, but 
whenever you look at ancient times, ancient Semitic cultures, the Jews, Israel, um, and and the value that they placed on holy scriptures, you know, to have a copy of the Book of Isaiah was like, you know, fifty thousand yeah. dollars or something crazy like that back in the day. Um, and, yeah. and not to mention all of the ancient texts together, um, even to have a Torah, a copy of the Torah, they placed extreme value on the scriptures. Um, and so many times people would only get to hear the word of God, the Torah, um, or the prophets read in their synagogues or whenever they went up to, to the feasts um, on the yearly um, trips up to celebrate the feast in Jerusalem. And so the knowledge of, of Torah, the knowledge of the commandments in a way was very secondhand. You would just, you'd be passing it on orally to the, your family. You would learn as much as you could, you could cram it in. And, and then next year, as they went through the cycle, which I think was on purpose, they could kind of build on their observance. They could grow in righteousness as we do today. Um, but now that our generation has access to all of scripture, pretty much. And and if there's lost things out there, I'm sure God will bring them out. But we have the Torah, we have the prophets, we have the New Testament, we have the writings, we have the letters. And we have at our fingertips something that a majority yeah. of humanity has not had access to. Yes. And and with the example of, of King Jehu, or, or jo- Josiah, I believe, King Josiah, um, Whenever he he was looked at as righteous in God's eyes, he was the youngest king in Israel, um, and and he had a heart for God. But it wasn't until years later in his ministry and his kingship that a scroll was brought forth from the temple. They br- brushed off all the dust and they opened it up, and he read the Torah for the first time. and And he tore his robes and he wept how powerful for us today should that that be the value that they placed on the Holy scriptures, on the Torah, on the word back then. And now our generation, I believe, and this is my postulation that I was trying to lead up to. I believe our generation could be one of the most Torah observant generations ever. And, and, and it's because of the access of truth, the access of, of, God's word that each of us can go home and read our Bible. Imagine a thousand years ago where you could only hear, you know, the, the rabbi up in the synagogue read from the scroll once a week on the Sabbath day. And, and even, um, you know, even less sometimes if you were out in a, in a culture that didn't, you know, weren't around that. And so I think it's super exciting. And, and going back to what you mentioned, the responsibility that we now have today as believers that has been placed on our shoulders, God's revealing, oh, wow, this is true. This is for you. This is my blessing for you. This is the definition of what brings a curse to your life. This is a definition of what righteousness is. This is how to be that light to the nations. We have that responsibility. And I think it's super exciting because we have the opportunity today as believers to be one of the most Torah observant generations that has ever, ever been on, on earth. You know, wow. short of those patriarchs who walked with God and and and, wow. s- and spoke with Him, and those who wow. were right there next to Moses, you know, we have the opportunity to to read the Word of God and apply it, and actually be that light to the extent mm-hmm. that could just blow the past two thousand years of 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 you know really 
darkness that you see in the Catholic Church of having to depend on a priest to read in Latin and you know and tell you what you need to believe and what you should be doing as a believer and 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 it's exciting, man. And I don't know if you feel that excitement. I'm sure you do, actually. Yeah. But it's so cool, just the the idea that our generation has such big things coming down the chute. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and if you want to make a comment on that, yeah, I mean, if you think about it, what kind of happened is with with Yeshua and and the first disciples. You know, I think they were at a really good place because they were walking with him, right? And then we had this drop, like you kind of mentioned, where you know, either people were dropping away from the spur or they were dropping away from the truth, whatever, or most likely both and to a large extent. And we had this huge period of darkness. And now for the first time in history, like since we were seeing like an, an, an outpouring of the revelation of truth and we're seeing the outpouring of spirit. And, and I think just because we're where we are in the timeline, I think that this is the, the last great outpouring that's going to be happening. And, and it's all in preparation for the times to come, you know, which is going to be hard, you know? And, and I mean, that is like the most exciting thing ever. We're, we're sitting at the kind of place where Moses was like, I wish I was that guy. I was, I wish I was there, you know, kind of thing. And because I think that God is going to move more powerfully in the, in, and I'm talking about in a few years from now, way more powerfully in spirit and truth through the people today than he did um, with with the first disciples. I think he's going to confirm this thing in these last days. He's going to make a great bang at the way in to show the world, look, I am God, <laughs> you know, and and um, he is going to use us for it. He wants to use us for it. And so, man, that's why, you know, you're asking me, am I like excited? I mean, yeah, <laughs> kind of, you know, <laughs> I mean, that's why like I kind of, I kind of gave my life for this thing because, um, I know the value of this. I realize that like this is this is a historical eternal event that God is pouring out on us and you guys listening today right now, you know. And yeah, that should really get us excited. I mean, talk about a conversation that'll give you goosebumps. <laughs> you know, and and really what yeah. I think it is is once believers as a whole across the world they get a hold of exactly what you're talking about, the spirit and the truth, you know, realizing that the word of God is for us is, is basically our instructions for life as believers and that God still powerfully moves here on earth today and he can use you for the miraculous and, and he can speak to you, you know, personally to, to accomplish amazing things and he can use you um, as an individual. It, it's exciting. And I think um, really for me, I'm I'm starting to see the topic that we've talked about today. Humility is is something that is going to help bridge the gap between those two. It mm. takes somebody very humble to go between spirit, which is uh, being able to do the miraculous, but maybe they they don't have a full you know understanding of how the truth of God's word applies to their walk, and it takes a lot of humility for that other side of the pendulum as well of those who understand the truth they understand the doctrine they understand exactly what you should believe but they're not walking in a way that demonstrates fruit and they not walk in a way that has a light that draws people in to hear the gospel to hear the truth um, and that's why i'm so excited to talk about you know just how do we bring these two together and how do we see this kind of advance across the world today as this movement continues onward yeah yeah no that's amazing dude yeah, sorry, you want to add? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, no, no. Like, yeah, that's that's everything, you know. Like I said, man, that's kind of what God is doing. And, you know, I think the thing with humility is uh, what I believe God is doing is it's kind of like a storm that's coming. And it's you know, and I kind of make, talk about this in my book where, you know, God is doing this whether we want to go along with it or not. He is going to do this. He is, gonna, he is bringing these two groups or these two movements or whatever together. And there's going to be a lot of people who, who are left behind, I think. Um, is and then this is the narrow gate. This is the narrow gate Yeshua was talking about, because humility is required to go through that gate. And um, yeah, people really need to. We all need to really just get in our face and say, Father, which part of spirit of truth do I lack? And teach me the one I don't have. You know. Um, yeah, I totally agree with you. What you're saying it's, it's good, man. Thanks. We have a comment written in, um, and uh, it's a question for you. And it says, I'm just starting this journey. I want to be bold praying for people, but the results are not yet there. Are there, uh, or they are just minor. How do I encourage them to continue looking to God? It's hard to give him all the glory when they don't receive in that moment. It's hard to see their disappointment and know what to say. Yeah, it's a good one. You know, I think the big question is, why are you praying for people? That's the first question. What is the primary reason? Okay, um, the primary reason should not be that they get healed. The primary reason should not be because then God's going to encounter them. Those are good reasons, but that's not the primary reason. The primary reason has to be because God told me to lay my hands on the sick. Okay, and so if that's the reason and you're doing it solely because you want to be obedient to instruction, that's your primary reason, then no matter the results, you won't be shaken. But if you do it to see results and the results don't come, you're going to get broken by that. So, you know, I want to submit to you that where, so you, like, we, you, where you are right now is in a, in a very typical place where the Father is testing you. He is seeing, what will he do if I don't give him his results right now? Will he continue or will he, you know, fall, fall back? Will he, will he leave it alone? Because most people, this is the truth, most people fall back and do not continue because they are not humble enough in, in that, or let me say, Lord, that they are, they've got a fear of man or they've, they're, they're, they've got pride and that they feel like their image is being ruined when it doesn't happen. And if that's the reason, then God still needs to deal with that. You know, the other thing is, you know, people just need to, um, you, I think you just need to, you know, just go and just, let me just say it like this, continue in, in, in patience, you know. Um, Keep going and the results will come. But the reason they're not coming is because God is not letting it happen. Like that's the reason. If it had, if God allowed it to happen, it would happen. He's in control. Okay. So we need to ask the question to say, okay, well, it's not happening. There's obviously something that God wants to sort out first. Because in a lot of cases, God is all knowing. In a lot of cases, God, if, if God gave you 100% results from day one, a lot of people won't be able to handle that and they'll actually fall away from God. A lot of people will actually not be able to divert the glory to God. A lot of people will. So God in those cases are more concerned with our salvation than then giving us good results. So, you know, there's a few reasons that it could be the other, the last thing that I want to say as well is make sure that you're praying in authority. Do not, I've got a few videos on my YouTube channel where I talk about how to pray. Go watch that if you want, but, you know, the big thing is is to to really pray in, in that authority of 
don't ask the sickness or the disease to leave. That we need to tell it to leave. We need to command it to leave. And as we grow in Him, we grow in maturity and in, in our authority. Of uh, as we grow in our maturity, we grow in authority, and then things start happening quicker and quicker. All right, cool. So I hope that helps you. <laughs> yeah, um, we have uh, one that's slightly related, um, but uh, it asks. I'm not asking for my feelings, but for that one person before me, in that moment, how to encourage? How to encourage the person? So um, I'm trying to interpret here, but uh, I guess um, whenever you're trying to pray for somebody who's going through very hard emotional issues or an event or something that might not be a, a physical ailment, but emotional ailment, how do you encourage them and know what to say in that moment? Yeah, well, you know, I think really we need to just ask the Father in that moment. Just say, you know, in, in the back of your head, like ask the Father, Lord, what do I need to say now? What do you speak through me? I always in those moments you need to ask the Father, Spirit of God, come now. You need to you need to show up, Father. Otherwise, anything that I say is going to cause what destruction or it's not going to be fruitful. You need to speak through me now. And, you know, then, I mean, how to encourage people, I guess it's going to depend on the, it's going to depend on what the issue was, would be, um, it's kind of hard to just answer it because it's kind of a little vague, but, um, you know, I, w- I would just, uh, it's really hard, depending on, okay, can that person maybe say where they're at? I'm not sure, but. I think um, she just right in to clarify, she said, I prayed for a woman with pain and nothing happened and I didn't know how to encourage her when that, I guess she wasn't healed. Oh, okay. Well, you know, um, <laughs> I think the the thing is, is okay. So there's two two parts of this. I think I want to ask the question: How many times did you pray? Okay, that's just the first thing that I would also always ask. Um, a lot of times we pray once and then we stop. And I would really encourage you to continue going. You know, keep praying. Um, and and in that moment, I would I always tell myself and I always tell people, pray as long as you can, as much as you can in that moment until that person says, okay, no, that's enough. Thank you. And chases you away, you know, um, because you need to be so persistent because you need to be shocked when it doesn't happen in that Lord, I need to see this happen because your word says it has to happen. Why? And then you need to go on and, and push through that first, maybe first where it seems like nothing is happening. Second time, nothing's happening. And then the second thing that I would do from that place, if there's still a barrier, is I would start going and asking this person if it's a healing issue, I would ask them about repentance, uh, well, more specifically forgiveness. Um, ask them about whatever pops into your mind. Is it a marriage? Is it whatever? Is it, you know, someone, you know, whatever. And a lot of times people come up with, oh, I was molested or whatever happened and I've got unforgiveness and all these things. And those issues God wants to do, especially in believers, God wants to deal with that stuff first a lot of times before he wants to do the healing. He said, Yeshua said, what is the difference to the Pharisees? What is the difference for me to say, be healed or be forgiven? Okay, so he's equating healing and forgiveness. So um, basically, if we minister forgiveness, healing comes. Okay, a lot of times God wants to really bullseye that, that hard issue first. Um, okay. And, you know, how to encourage people, I would, I would continue praying for them. You know, I would not walk away there and say, oh, well, no. You, you continue praying for them. You call them up in a week. How are you doing? Not doing well? Okay, let's pray right now. And you go again. And you command the stuff to happen. Right? 
All right. Our next question is, how would we know when the Spirit is talking to us and what it means to be led by the Spirit? Okay. Well, how, how to know when he talks to us? It's you, a lot of some, I guess some people have heard an audible voice. I've never heard it. Um, so, you know, how do I know the Spirit talks? You, don't, you wouldn't know unless you exercise those muscles. Okay. So just like healing or any gift, a word you're talking, this is a gift of uh, the gift of a, a word of knowledge we're talking about here. You know, kind of hearing from what the spirit tells us, maybe about someone or whatever. <clears throat> and that's a thing. That's another spiritual muscle we need to exercise. So you would have to take risks, for example. So you would need to just like praying for healing. If you go out, you're putting yourself out there. You're may, you're putting yourself on the line to be a, a fool for God, if you will. And you're going to pray for someone, regardless of what might happen. In the same way, um, a word of knowledge happens in the same way where you need to, um, if, if, you, if you're ministering to someone, I would just ask, just be conscious, Spirit, what is, Spirit of God, Holy Spirit, what is this? And, and then if, something, if I feel something is dropped, like I just get a random thought out of nowhere or whatever, I would take a big risk and just be like, hey, is it this thing? You know, and sometimes they'll say, yes, that's that. And then you'll be like, okay, so that's what Holy Spirit's voice sounds like. And other times they'll say, no, that's not it. And I'm like, oh, okay, never mind then, it's fine. And no harm done. And then, you know, that's what his voice doesn't sound like. And so now you're actually subconsciously training your spirit to know when it's Holy Spirit speaking and when it's not him speaking. So it's all about just taking those little risks every, and it has to be a continuous thing and you grow into it. Just like all the gifts, you grow into it slowly, but surely. Awesome. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah, I think just telling people and, and encouraging them that it is a process that we are grown in our walk. Um, that's why, you know, w they use such imagery like, you know, milk for babies and meat for, you know, people who've grown in the faith. Um, it's, it's definitely a process that, that we need to start walking out. And that's how you get the spiritual muscles, just like you're talking about. It's exercising that faith. And, um, and so um, I'd like to just ask you, you know, um, tying back to this topic of humility, um, you know, what are some good ways to exercise our spiritual muscles, our spiritual muscles and, 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 uh, and walk in humility on a day to day to day basis? What are some ways we can apply a humble walk um, to our lives as believers? Mm. Well, you know, I've said it a few times before, but, you know, just going and, and, and start approaching random strangers and, and, and humility and love. And that's really a good place to build humility as well, because, you know, when you walk up to that person, you need to be like, okay, Father, right now I'm going to do what your word said. I'm going to I'm going to treat this person as greater than myself, as higher than myself. I'm going to treat this person. And when you go and you do that and you, you start loving on them in that way, whatever the need is that you're trying to meet, you know, maybe just, um, hey, just saying, hey, how are you doing? You know, is there anything I can pray for for you? You know, and no matter what that, where that person is at, what he believes, all, everyone sees that as an act of kindness, you know, and, you know, some people might be like, no, it's okay. Thank you. Cause they're a little bit embarrassed or whatever. Other people be like, yeah, sure. That's, that's so nice of you. And, you know, when you, when you do that, it really, man, that wrecks your own heart. And I've said that before, but it wrecks your own heart a lot of times more than the person you're ministering to. Cause 
um, that's was one of that was the game changer for me in, in, in growing in love and 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 well humility too. It's one of the it's a good point that you're bringing up. It's one of the places we also grow in humility, you know. Um, so yeah, sorry, doesn't that I don't know if that answers your question. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm just you know trying to you know apply this this understanding of of humility and and how we you know approach the different things that we start to walk out in our life, whether it be a commandment, whether it be trying to do the miraculous. How do we do it in a humble way um, that is able to hear the Father? Because whenever we're not walking in hum- humility, you know it, our ears end up getting stopped up with a lot of pride. You know, you gotta get that stuff out of there. <laughs> um, yeah, you ahead. know, I think this is a good one, a point because also, you know, a lot of times we, when we read Yeshua, talk about this a lot, where um, the Pharisees were, were were honoring certain men and others who were maybe not rich or whatever, they weren't honoring. Okay, they weren't, they were kind of, they weren't even associate with them. Now, I think a lot of times in our culture as well, of course, we have that where if there is a beggar or someone who is seen as lower or whatever in society. You know, though, and, and a lot of times we as people feel like, I don't want to put myself out there on the street to pray for that guy because I feel like, you know, it's going to mess with my image kind of thing. And those are the people you need to go and be praying for as well, I think. You know, that's a good point you kind of brought up. Our next question coming in is, how come when I pray for others, they get healed, but when I pray for myself to get healed, nothing happens? <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. So, you know, I've got a funny story. Um, so the other day, okay, it was, it was the other day, probably like two months ago. So I, I've never, okay, so but at the story that I'm going to tell now, I've never experienced healing myself. I've been sick. I've even been sick praying for the sick a lot of times, like you know, have a whatever, and then, and but anyway, so this time, what happened was actually I was climbing my stairs and I slept. Okay. And I, I, I fell on my leg and I'm like in such pain. I'm like lying there, oh, you know, kind of thing. And, um, and I'm praying for myself. I'm like, oh, Father, I come on, this pain to go now, but nothing is happening. And I'm just like, oh, man, you know. And, and I get a text message from one of my friends, right? And, and she's like, you know, and I tell her, oh, I just fell, you know, and it hurt so much or whatever. And she sends me a voice note on uh, right there and she, she prays for me. And as she prays for me, man, all all my pain left like miraculously, like crazy. I've never even experienced anything like that. I'm like freaking out. I'm like, that's amazing. I'm like telling her, dude, this is amazing. This just happened, you know. And and I realized, man, I think the father allowed, orchestrated this whole thing for her, you know, as well. And well, for me as well, obviously to to experience that, but for her as well to be encouraged by that and all that, you know. And you know, I don't. I guess that doesn't really answer the question of why we don't get healed if we pray for ourselves. Not that that's a, a blanket statement we can make. Um, but I think the Father, He's got a way of doing things. And I mean, I've I've had I've prayed for myself with success um, as well. I've had, you know, I don't. I've never glory to God. I've never had big issues. But you know, I've had headaches and things like that. And and I've prayed and I left and. But there's been other times where I'd prayed and nothing happened and someone else had to come and pray for me. And then it happened. You know, I don't really know what the answer is. I don't know why it happens that way. But I think a lot of times God wants to encourage others um, as well. He, he, If we could all just pray for ourselves and never need to pray for anyone else, then, you know, 
kind of missing the point of what fellowship is and 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 the body as a whole. We're supposed to be a body of believers, and I think the Father wants to let us help each other and minister to each other, and so on. Yeah. All right. Um, our next question coming in um, on a bit more serious note is, PD, at what point would you think that a backsliding believer has gone so far that the father no longer will, will hear them? Well, you know, I don't think there is a place that's too far. You know, as, as long as that guy is still breathing, man, the father still wants him, you know. Um, and so, you know, the, the thing is, a lot of times we don't have that, we, we get angry at people and we get frustrated and, you know, when people just, you're like, oh, you've got to show you so much, still you, you turn away, you know. Um, I think, you know, there's, I think we need to really extend our mercy as far as we want God to extend his mercy to us. And he's had to extend his mercy pretty far to me. So um, I'm going to really try my best to do that for others. Um, I think that, you know, there's that, but there's also a place of, where there's a difference between that and fellowshipping with people, of course. Like if someone is an anti-missionary or denying Yeshua, you know, I can't fellowship with that person. Um, I'm going to reach out to them. I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to try my best, but, but I can't be in a fellowship with that person. Um, so, yeah, you know, the answer is there is no, you do, do not, I don't think we should ever consider someone too far gone because Yeshua went to the people who were, too far gone, considered by the Pharisees and by the world. Um, he wants to go to to the. He wants the people who even deny him. You know, he wants the Muslims. He, he wants all everyone, all of them. So yeah. And uh, this nicely ties back into our topic um, today. Um, but how do you see the role of repentance? You know, of somebody who has to take the humble pill and realize and admit that they're doing something wrong, and then they have to repent. You know, how does that play a role into being heard heard from the Father after you've, you've repented? So, um, why is repentance important to be hearing God's voice in your life as a believer, and and how do you walk that out that that process of repentance? Mm. Yeah, well, it's a process of continuous repentance. A lot of people think it's a one-sort thing, and now I'm done, and I don't need uh, God. Yeshua has forgiven me, and now I don't need to repent anymore. Um, no, you know, repentance is a continuous thing for us. We need to every day, day by day, seek our search our heart and repent from things in in, in that process of sanctification and all that. Um, at the same time, you know, we people who are so on the other side, people who are foregone and whatever. Um, I mean, it is, that is what needs to happen. They need to, they need to see their son. They need to repent from their sins and they need to see the father. But so, you know, you need to, we need to straight up at some point, start telling these people, brother, if you want God to come to you, you need to repent. You need to fall in your face. You need to cry at his feet. You need to let him come and he will save you. You need to let him, um, just give you life, you know? Um, and that's everything. I mean, and, and that takes, look, I mean, coming to Yeshua takes humility in the first place, you know. It means that you need to die to all what you want to do in your life. You need to put all that aside and die and live with him, you know. And pick up, he says, whoever is not willing to pick up his cross is not worthy to be my disciple. He says, whoever is not willing to deny his father, mother, brother, sister is not worthy to follow me or be my disciple. 
those are hard things. It's hard words, but he's like, man, this is the standard. They're all or nothing in this thing, you know? So, yeah. Our next question coming in um, from Shoshana asks, if PD had answers to his prayers for healing, would he be willing to pray for me? I'm living with chronic severe pain from diabetic neuropathy in my feet, and I heard him say, don't ask it to leave, tell it. Please tell me my pain to leave so I can get off narcotic pills. Thank you. And her name's Shoshana Rogers. Okay, cool. Well, let's just pray right now, can we? Yes. All right. Father, Lord, I just thank you, God. We just speak to Shoshana's body right now, Lord, from head to toe in the name of Yeshua. God, we just declare healing over her body now, all pain. I speak to you. I command you to go now in the name of Yeshua. Diabetes, I speak to you and I command you go. You've got no more place, I rebuke you, Father. I thank you for freedom in our whole body. In the name of Yeshua, amen. amen. Right. So can you just test out your body and maybe write us how you feel? Yeah, Shoshana, uh, if you wanted to write into the chat and tell us um, uh, if you feel any different. Um, Search for the pain. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll pray again if it's needed. <laughs> yeah. Um. And uh, while we wait for her to write in, um, I'd like to start talking a little bit about your new book, PD, um, and uh, and kind of when we can expect it and what it's going to be about, and 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 really, you know, just kind of dive into this whole topic of of what have you been working on for the past few months and that you're excited to be bringing out uh, soon. Yeah, awesome. So, like I said, the book's name is uh, Reigniting Spirit and Truth, and as I quickly mentioned, it's it's about what we've been talking about, you know, spirit and truth, and how to practically really get rediscover or reignite that thing which we've been divorced from for two thousand years. How to reignite it in our lives, and um, you know, I talk about two aspects. I talk to, I think, both people who are already in uh, the full Bible movement or keeping the commandments. They will definitely be able to benefit from the book. Because I'm talking about the things of the spirit a lot. I'm talking about, I mean, some of the things, I've actually got the chapters here. You know, some of the things I talk about is um, our identity in the spirit. I talk about how to be light in the darkness. Um, I have an, There's a book about specifically about healing the sick, casting out demons, practically how we approach that. Um, I talk about blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. I speak about even the Kundalini counterfeit. So, you know, the whole false holy spirit that we see in, in in a lot of churches i talk about speaking in tongues and yeah you know so and, and just the, the gift as a whole the full picture of that and how do how do we apply these things in our life practically and how and and i've thrown a lot of testimonies and, and great examples and things like that for people who just be encouraged and um so that's kind of the one side of the book um and then the other side of the book is just about is called chapters kind of reigniting truth and it's it's about our identity in in the truth in in us as the covenant people you know and and all the things of kind of our identity in and the, what it means to follow torah and 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 all those things the sabbath and, and a few things along those lines but then i also connect these two i tie these two things together in some amazing some ways that the father just showed it's i'm i'm just so excited about that part because there's some prophecies that just like i just saw was like all about this thing which i think no one has really really been talking about in that way and so i talk about that a lot and then also of course um in terms of end times i'll talk about the i've got a, a chapter called the 
um, the jealousy of the Jews. And, and that's kind of talking to our brother Judah, who, who, I, who I love, so I've got such a love for, and how this very thing that we're talking about today is, is what I believe the thing that will provoke the Jews to jealousy, as Paul talks about. And, and we also see this in the prophecies of Ezekiel with the, dry, with the bones um, that coming to life. It's all about this very thing. And, um, yeah, so kind of that's kind of an overview uh, of, of it. So it's, it's really just about the spur truth pendulum, you know, and how all, all the thousands of denominations we have today is really coming from that thing of we've either been thrown all the way to the truth side and we've got none of the spur, we've been thrown all the way to the spirit side of little truth and which causes either lawlessness or legalism. And that's kind of really, we've been trying to figure this thing out for 33,000 plus times and, and I think the father now wants to give us the, the truth about the matter, you know. Um, so yeah, that's kind of in a nutshell what it's about. I really believe and I'm really hoping that it's going to just encourage people to walk in the full picture. And it really comes down to the simple simplicity of, of walking as Yeshua. The simplicity, because this we're, we've just been talking about how he walked. We've just been talking about how he walks, you know. And, and really it just ties back into that and, and radically going to that. It's, it's controversial, it's radical, but it's going to the roots and it's a no excuse approach to that walk of Yeshua. It's very exciting. And one more time, the name of the book when it comes out. So it's Reigniting, Spirit and Truth. Awesome. And, and I know uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to finishing. I'm actually just started reading a, a pre-edition of PD's book and I'm, I'm really enjoying it so far. So you guys will definitely want to check that out when he gets it out. Um, and, uh, and, and also um, you're putting it out there for free. Um, you said in the the preface of your book that it's paid for by the blood, which I thought was really cool. I wanted you to just talk on that um, uh, for a moment, if you will. Yeah, I mean, one day when when I was coming kind of to the end of the book, one day I was just kind of in prayer, and I just so clearly heard the Father drop on my spirit. You're not going to charge money for this because I paid for this with my blood. And I was just like, <laughs> okay, you know, because obviously the, the normal thing for, for all of us as humans to do is, oh, well, everyone's charging for their books. So, you know, that's kind of like what, we, what you do, you know. But the forest just like, no. And, and, and really, and I'm just like all for that. I, want, I really want to give this thing to everyone, no matter who they are. And because I, I think that this is, I'm, I'm really hoping for this to be a great tool for people to, be kickstarted into this whole thing we've been talking about. And man, I want to make that accessible. And I know that, th- I know that I know God is all over this glory to him. And man, I don't think I should be charging because I'm just, it's just, the, I'm just taking the word of God, his word. And I'm just basically, I'm just teaching on that. So now I, I freely, I have received with, I don't deserve it, you know, and um, I can't, yeah, man, I can't charge for that, you know? So yeah, so I'm giving it away for free. There's there's gonna be a there's gonna be a free PDF or whatever, and there's also gonna be a paperback which people would be able to pay for, but just kind of the cost of printing it, obviously. And there's also gonna be an ebook for it, and that's just gonna be like way cheap, like just basically the minimal cost that I can get away with. Um, but there's also gonna be a free like ebook for anyone who 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 wants to just download it and share it as they like and all that. So yeah. 
Awesome. So everybody be on the lookout for PD's new book. And PD, if you would um, go ahead and give your contact information where people can find your ministry, um, your Facebook account, whatever, um, and where you'll be put, putting out on this book um, in the future. Because I see people asking right now, how do I get this book? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, you know, um, there's a few places where I'd encourage you guys to go. Um, the first one is to riseonfire.com. Okay, it's my website, riseonfire.com. And then the way top you'll see there's a, a play, the book is actually like being advert, kind of advertised and you'll be able to put in your email address right there and sign up to be notified when it gets out. I'm going to be sending out all the details. Uh, the other place, I'd encourage you to go to my, I'm obviously like more, I'm on YouTube quite often, like weekly. So um, on my YouTube channel, you can find me. It's youtube.com slash riseonfire, one word. Or just search on YouTube, Rise on Fire. And yeah, and then on Facebook as well, for you guys who are Facebookers, um, it's facebook.com slash Rise on Fire. Okay, very simple. So yeah, guys, I'm, I'm so excited. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, PD, for joining us once again on NICETV. Um, I encourage you guys to go back and look at some of the other interviews we've had with PD. They're all awesome. Um, I always enjoy uh, having PD on Nice TV, and uh, just wanted to thank you. And I, I'm glad to have you back, man. It's good to see you. <laughs> yeah, Jack. thanks, man. It's such an honor, honestly. It's such an honor to be here with you guys. It's awesome. <laughs> well, the pleasure is ours, and I know the audience that um, is tuning in today really enjoyed walking through the importance of humility and and how it applies to the walk of a believer. Hearing about the conference, the identity conference that you guys just put on in South Africa with Zachary Bauer. That was that I, I saw some of those live videos. So that was very cool. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and we're looking forward to the book. So guys, we have a double whammy. Um, we're coming up with another episode here in about an hour and a half. So those of you who tuned into this early show, you're going to be able to catch, um, uh, Hezekim is coming on. Very possibly, it's not been totally confirmed yet, but we'll see. <laughs> and with that, we'll see you guys later. And uh, shalom, everybody. Shalom. <laughs>